All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, y'all know what time it is. Yeah, that's right. It's your boy, the human highlight reel, a.k.a. the Prince of Botch, baby. We in the house. Welcome, welcome to, well, uh, I guess technically speaking, this is like the first edition, even though it really isn't the first edition of my 2020 episode. We had some technical difficulties. I actually had a 2020 episode for you guys a few weeks back, but as they say, things happen. Oh, well, but we're going to get this show on the road. So I'd like to say happy new year to everybody, you know, still can say that it's still a thing. And, uh, Shout out to, uh, <clears throat> it is February, so shout out to my brothers and sisters out there because it is officially Black History Month, baby. Yeah, that's right. So I guess it's only fair that I uh, eventually, you know, maybe not tonight, but the next episode, I guess I'll, uh, throughout the whole month of February, give you guys some uh, cool Black History pro wrestling facts or something, you know what I mean? So... Well, uh, I'll try to do the ones that WWE doesn't obviously do all the single time. You know, like every single time they cover some of the same African-American superstars. I'll try to do the ones that go under the radar, you know. So, well, uh, well you know, I'll do my research and uh, we'll try to give you guys a fact, you know, African-American fact once a week. All right. So I know I missed you guys. I sure hope you missed me. It's definitely been a minute. Please excuse your boy. He's been a little bit all over the place. But nonetheless, we here. And we got a guest for y'all on tonight's show. So y'all get ready to enjoy this one because this is going to be fun. But first, let's kick this thing off with a little bit of uh, wrestling news, if you will. And uh, I'll keep it nice and brief. You know, I won't be before you guys too long with that. So, uh... Let's see here. Well, we're going to start off with some WWE stuff. And uh, so, found out some interesting news this morning. As you guys know, the Royal Rumble just happened this past weekend. And I just want to come before you guys and say that the Women's Royal Rumble, not to say predictable, albeit it was kind of somewhat predictable, unpredictably, if that makes sense out there. We'll get into our thoughts on that a little later. But to those who don't know, unfortunately, the queen, Charlotte Flair, yes, that's right, Charlotte Flair is your women's Royal Rumble winner. Now, here's where the fun news comes down to this, okay? So... Shout out to JD from NY, who is a fellow podcaster in his own right. He got reports from one of his direct sources, who is very, very reliable and very, very trustworthy. And uh, more than likely, I'm going to guess and just throw it out there that it was Sean, Ro- Sean Rossap. But nonetheless, it was reported that Charlotte won the Royal Rumble only because, check this out, people. She only won the Royal Rumble because in years past, WWE officials promised so much to her and yet swiped it under the rug 
to where basically, long story short, she had a, you know, a beef it. And uh, basically, behind the scenes, threw a little fit because she wanted to win the Royal Rumble. Go figure. On top of that, as if matters weren't any worse from this, come to find out, Charlotte Flair did not want to go over the top rope to Shayna Baszler. So, to those who didn't see the Women's Royal Rumble, it basically came down to Shayna Baszler and Charlotte as the final two. Now, many assume that Shayna Baszler was going to win this Royal Rumble. Reports going into the Royal Rumble were that the winner was supposedly supposed to be Shayna Baszler and or possibly Ronda Rousey should she return. And then we're going to go ahead and tie this news into this as well. But there were also reports Sasha Banks was actually supposed to win the Royal Rumble as well. Come to find out, turns out, Sasha Banks is currently still not cleared to return to in-ring action, which is why we haven't seen her actually on television in quite some time. That and she's actually working on a rap album. Yes, people, that is a real thing. The boss, Sasha Banks, is actually working on a rap album. Here I thought that was a joke, but legit, she's actually working on one. Funny thing about that is, I just discovered Macho Man Randy Savage's rap album, and I still can't stop laughing from it. So, (laughs) Sasha, I love you, and I'm very intrigued to hear what this rap album is going to sound like, because I can't picture you really rapping, but then again, hey... Stranger things have happened. So let's 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 see. But Sasha was supposed to be a possible winner of the Royal Rumble as well. Since she's not cleared, her spot got replaced by Kelly Kelly of all people. Go figure, right? Ah, Barbie Blank, Kelly Kelly. Such a beautiful woman, yet not really one that you would want to have in a women's Royal Rumble. But again, we'll touch on that part a little later. So, back to Charlotte. Basically, what's interesting to me is the fact that the politics of Charlotte Flair, because all in all, she is a flair. And as we know, with a flair, apparently, especially when it's a woman flair, politics take the course. And uh, it's been reported that, well, Charlotte doesn't sell all that well to other opponents. She doesn't really want to put over many women's wrestlers. And as JD from NY would gladly say in his opinions, basically, she's part of the reason why the women's division is suffering right now. You're not really trying to put over new talent, given your stature and your resume. You kind of just want to do everything and always insert yourself in the main event of the big shows like SummerSlam and WrestleMania and Survivor Series and so forth. Now, I get it. Charlotte Flair is money. And Charlotte Flair is relatively a draw. I mean, it is what it is. You know, because of her last name being a Flair, she's Rick Flair's daughter. She's, you know, she's got some pull. But she's giving that Shawn Michaels treatment, you know, to everybody that remembers Shawn Michaels back in his early years and his younger days. He really wasn't trying to put many people over, if anybody. So it's a nice little humbling lesson, but WWE probably won't do that. But anyways, uh, let's see if there was anything else that uh, stood out. Um, Oh, 
there's also Charlotte basically is dominating these headlines right now. There are rumors going around that Charlotte Flair possibly might be challenging NXT Women's Champion Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship. Now, it's not set in stone, but let's look at the choices here right now. Okay, so the Raw Women's Champion is Becky Lynch. And fans are already crapping on that because we've seen that story I don't know how many times. So nobody really wants to see that match at WrestleMania. Plus, it looks like they're still going to do Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler for the Women's Championship on the Raw side, even though Shayna didn't win the Royal Rumble. So that's still going to be a thing. We'll see how that plays out over time. Now let's move over to SmackDown. And we have Bailey, Heel Bailey, who's kind of iffy for me as a heel right now. I'm trying to give it a chance, and it's really not cutting it. I really just can't buy her as a heel right now. I think she needs to go back to being a baby face because it just seems to fit her better. Maybe if she just spices it up a little bit and just doesn't be a boring baby face, maybe it could work. But this heel persona is, eh, it's just, it's, it's not there. But nonetheless, Bailey is the SmackDown Women's Champion. And, well, we've kind of seen Bailey and Charlotte. Already, a bunch of times as is. Last time I checked, Bailey won that title from Charlotte, and Charlotte is also the reason why Bailey went heel. So that would be pointless. So I guess it makes sense to have her go against Ray Ripley. But then again, it's NXT. So do you really want to? Is that considered a downgrade for Charlotte and her caliber to challenge for the, technically speaking, third-rated brand, even though we could all say that's the better brand of the three? Would that be a little too much? I don't really know. You guys decide that. We'll figure that out. Uh, But as far as news goes right now, from what I gathered recently, that's about all that does it as far as that side. But I do want to go to two more news topics. And, of course, these are totally non-wrestling related. So, with the first one, allow me to take this time to, as we all know, say rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, and the rest of the families that were involved in the tragic helicopter accident in Los Angeles. Ironically, this happened on Royal Rumble Sunday, and the good thing about the Royal Rumble was despite the fact that everybody was so devastated with this news, it was a bit of a getaway from the shock of losing Kobe, you know, because even now as I talk to you guys, it still feels so surreal. It's almost like it's still feels like a joke, you know, like, but it is real, and um we're definitely going to miss a legend, a legend that is pretty much immortal at this point now. And uh, definitely our thoughts and our prayers and our sincerest condolences go to the Bryant family and uh, those closest to Kobe Bryant as well. And uh, hey, man, the grind don't stop. The Mamba mentality lives on. And that's why the Life's About podcast is pretty much here. because. That mama mentality would say, hey, 
Get off your butt, man. Go grind. Speak to the people. Entertain them. Give them something to listen to. Because they need some happy times and these sad times right about now, you know? So we're going to give it to them. But RIP to the late, great Kobe Bryant. Now, the final bit of news that I have for you guys is I would like to take this time to wish a very, 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 very special happy birthday to a guy you guys know very, very well who's very behind the scenes. He was the first guest on the very first episode of the Life's a Botch podcast. So if you're a new listener, make sure you go check out the very first episode and listen to my boy, Mr. Derek Myers. It is your birthday, my friend. So on that note, we're going to give... Hey! Yes, sir, we like to say happy birthday to your brother, man. I know you're listening. Appreciate it, bro. <laughs> oh, absolutely, my brother. Thank you, thank you. Oh, man. yes. <laughs> oh, yes. And like I said, it is Black History Month, people. So, you know, we got to give them the black version of the oh, song. Come always. on now. Always, always. Always. That's just how we do it. Every cookout, every get together. We family in this thing. So, you know, we got to do that one time. <clears throat> so, thank you for all your hard work, my brother. This is going to be an amazing year for you, an amazing year for the OTS brand. And we just like to say happy birthday and thank you for all that you do for everybody right here on Life's a Botch podcast. And of course, relative sister and brother shows on the network. I appreciate now, that, bro. <laughs> hey, anytime. So, <laughs> without further ado, I'd like to take this time now to introduce a very, very special guest. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I would like to introduce you to my one and true favorite tag team partner by the name of Lamar Otez, okay, aka Otez the Don. Therefore, <clears throat> brother Lamar, how are you yes, feeling, sir. friend? How are you feeling? Man, I'm feeling great, man. How you doing, man? <laughs> doing pretty good, pretty good, my brother. And uh, that being said... Um, welcome to the show. It is so good to have you apart. And, um, you know, as we, uh, go ahead and give this another go round as we, uh, ring the bell. Ding, ding. Uh, now we're going to ask this question, my friend, tell the people a little bit about yourself and what got you into the wrestling world. Awesome. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a family man, uh, a wife and a couple kids, a boy and a girl. And, uh, I do a little bit of everything. I met, man, I met Highlight, man, it was some years ago, man. I think it was like 2016, <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, like it was It was a nice little minute, man. Time yeah. flies. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. At a uh, Christian, uh, 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 actually, it was a community event. It was yes. a community event um, at the park. But, man, I haven't done music in a while. But, yeah, I met him when I was doing uh, Christian hip-hop. Um, man, I've just been so busy. I haven't done anything in a while, but uh, now, um, you know, I sell cars. I work at a dealership, a Dodge dealership. For anyone who needs some challenges or chargers, I'm your guy. Um, <laughs> outside of that. Shameless um, plug. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the shameless plug, y'all. Gotta love it. <laughs> outside of that, I'm also about to get into uh, breeding uh, bullies as well. So, you know, I got my hands in, in, a, in a few different parts. But man, we here to talk about wrestling, man. How I got into yeah. wrestling, you know? Um, man, I started I started watching wrestling. I think like late '90s, um, early 2000s. Um, 
But uh, being raised in a strict home, wrestling started getting a little crazy mm-hmm. in the uh, Attitude Era. Uh, when you had the uh, Gangrel and the Ministry mm-hmm. of Darkness, and uh, there was a lot of bloodshed, a lot of craziness. <laughs> and so yeah. my parents, being as strict as they were, was like, nope, we're going to put a stop to this. Uh, you're not watching this anymore. So I had disappeared from wrestling for a while. Um, and, pro- and it was about probably uh, when Batista was the world, like when he got his first world ch- uh, championship, that's wow. when I had got back into it. Okay. Um, I kind of uh, we met a we met another family that was huge wrestling fans, and so we mm-hmm. would go to their house a lot, and uh, they would be watching wrestling. So that's how I snuck my way back into it. <laughs> well, uh, ever since. What a what a way to definitely get back into it. And uh, another shameless plug, uh, WWE. You can pay me later. Shout out to the WWE Network for those times where, well, you know, when you had a strict household and you missed out on a lot from the, well, you know. Attitude Era days. Thank you. Uh, that WWE Network. That's only nine ninety nine. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> but it's I'm cool. so glad they stopped that. <laughs> but uh, go ahead and get the WWE Network, ladies and gentlemen. Just in case there were some errors you missed and you want to go back and catch them, because the Attitude Era is an era you hear a lot of us '90s kids talk about all the time why because well much like everything else in the 90s it was the greatest thing in the world so of course we talk about it you know and it's gonna be that way for life i mean if you weren't born in the 90s sorry for you my friend and i'll say the 80s too because you know the 80s had it pretty good too you know they they, they had a nice (laughs) little era too i ain't gonna i ain't gonna downplay them you know what i mean but (laughs) (laughs) 90s was everything man 90s was everything of course man but nonetheless um well awesome man i mean yes wrestling is what i love about it man it just brings so many people together from different ethnic backgrounds and just a little bit of everywhere i mean even if you don't believe you know like how me and lamar you know we're we, you know we, we we christian brothers you know we grew up in church mm-hmm. and you know right. and and one thing about the wrestling community is even if you may not share the same beliefs, you know, you know, religious wise or anything like that, just the fact of wrestling and the fact that how it can bring people together. And it's just like, hey, we may not believe in the same things, but we both love wrestling. Let's talk about some wrestling. And you just it just brings the best of people together. I mean, I love it, you know, so um, it's always a good thing to come across people and I remember when I found out Lamar was a wrestling fan it was just like bro you love wrestling hey, and then <laughs> you would always just like give our thoughts and opinions we would always like chop it up on the shows and just be like mm-hmm. yeah I think they could have did this a little better or hey you know I like what they're doing for so and so and it's just it's always great when you can have a detailed conversation with somebody that loves and is passionate about wrestling just as much as you so you know ladies and gentlemen welcome Mr. Lamar Otez to the show, and without further ado, let's go ahead and uh, let's talk uh, some Royal Rumble talks, my friend. Um, oh, did yeah. you get a chance to see the Royal Rumble this past Sunday? I mean, I know there was a lot going on that day. Yeah, uh, it was. With the Kobe events and everything, but, you know, and the Grammys, you can't forget about the Grammys, but mm-hmm. did you get a chance to catch the Royal Rumble, even if it wasn't that Sunday, like sometime throughout the week or anything? Right, I got a chance. I, I caught I was in and out of it pretty much. Okay. Okay. Channel channel flipping and 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 things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, from what you caught, 
with the Royal Rumble. What were some of your honest thoughts on this year's Royal Rumble? Um, well, um, I I do I like the the men's Royal Rumble was definitely the highlight, um, <laughs> for me. Yeah. Um, just the outcome and also the you know surprises that was in it, but yeah. um, from what I did catch, I mean it 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 was kind of a miss for me. Mm. Um. Only in the simple fact, like, you know, me, I get bored very easy. Okay? <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> with that being said, um, I'm tired of seeing Daniel Bryan and The Fiend. You know? <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, I, I thought the idea of a strap match was the dumbest thing possible. <laughs> yeah, that did seem kind of... <laughs> I thought that was odd, too. Was like a strap match? Really? Yeah. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously they can't go the cage route, because they did that before with Seth Rollins, right. and you saw how that went. You know, that worked out <laughs> fine. So... I don't know. I mean, obviously they don't do stuff like Inferno matches anymore. I don't, I don't know what they should have done. I mean, I would have probably rather it just been a tables match or something at least. Right. You know, like I don't know what you can do with strap match, but you know, <laughs> hey, it's, right. it's just all that you know. I um, mean, I love Daniel Bryan. You know, I guess it was made to make him look ten times more courageous. Yeah. I mean, you take a uh, unstoppable force, and you decide you're just gonna uh, put a put a belt to to you and his wrist, <laughs> so where we have to stay within a certain amount of feet of each other. You I can't know. I can't dodge you. I can't escape you. I have to stand and face this giant. So True. I definitely give him a hundred for for courage. <laughs> you know, but That's about all. okay. <laughs> All right, but um, outside of that, you know, oh, another. Uh, I was tired of seeing uh Roman and King Corbin, Roman Reigns and King Ooh, Corbin. Yeah, that know. that feud is oh god, it's so dead, man. It yeah, is dead. Like even with the Usos, and I love me some Usos. I mean, like that's I like seeing them with Roman. Uh, people have always campaigned for that. But it's not cutting it with this whole Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Yeah, that's that's just yeah. They need to cut that. Like I hope, <laughs> I hope what we saw last night on Friday Night SmackDown, where Loser ate dog food, which was <laughs> which was funny because they really they didn't even eat the dog food. He just poured it on me. I'm like, what was the point of this? You said right. Luther eats dog food, not gets poured on him. Like, what was the point of that? I don't get it. But it's like, okay, whatever. And and was it even really dog food? Who knows? I don't even know. <laughs> but literally with this feud, I'm done with it. And I hope that ended it. Please, because I'm with you, brother. Like, I didn't even really, albeit a lot of people gave it praise for the fact that, you know, since the Royal Rumble was in uh, Minute Maid Park, it was in a baseball stadium, mm -hmm. which... I'd love to get your thoughts on that um, really quickly. Like, you know, because they did that last year as well. Do you, are you a yeah. fan of Royal Rumble in these baseball stadiums instead of like actual basketball and like hockey arenas? Oh, yeah, man. I'm a big fan of uh, the outside arenas. It's funny because, uh, um, who was it? AEW. Mm -hmm. I, I think it was this past Wednesday. Uh, yes, on the jet cruise right yeah yeah and Man. anytime that you can see something outside like that it just 
me, I've never been able to attend an outside uh, wrestling event, but just watching it, it brings a whole different experience. So I can only imagine what it's like attending an outside event. So I'm a big, big fan of, the, okay. um, you know, them having, whether it's on a, a baseball stadium, a football field, whatever the case, if it's outdoors, man, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, you know, and, and that's interesting. I mean, to touch on AEW real quick with the Jericho Cruise episode, uh, albeit it was pre-taped, it's still one of those things where watching that really was cool. When I looked at that and realized that, like, wow, you were able to put all of this on a cruise ship? Right. Wow. Like, you wouldn't even know they were on a cruise ship. Low-key, the way that was, like, shout out to the camera angles. I mean, you know, camera angles can do that kind of thing. Yeah. But the fact that it was on a cruise ship, like... If it wasn't for the fact that it was very windy because they were in the Bahamas and you could see obviously people's hair blowing and you could see the <laughs> you could see the apron, the ring apron blowing up every now and then. If it wasn't for all of that, you wouldn't even really know it was outdoors or you wouldn't even know they were on a cruise ship. So that was pretty cool. And uh props to AEW, man. I'm definitely gonna have to try to attend that Jericho cruise uh going into next year because that looks yeah. like they're going to do that annually now. So that would be mm. kind of cool to experience, you know. So we'll mm -hmm. see what happens. Uh, and also props to AEW for, you know, I definitely, this is kind of somewhat old news to, to the audience listening. But to those who may not know this already, um, AEW did get an extension on their t television deal with TNT. They have three more years extended to their deal now. And they also have an extra show that will be added now. So now they're going to be doing another television show under the TNT network. A lot of people are saying it's probably going to be AEW Dark, which was already on YouTube that they did every Tuesday. So time will tell. We'll see. Uh, some people have their judgments about that and they feel like eh, it's too soon. They're still trying to get the main show Dynamite up and running. We'll see. Uh, and uh, But going back to WWE for a quick sec. Um, so, yeah, I mean, baseball stadiums definitely seem like a thing. It, it, You know, we'll talk about the ovations, like, you know, as we're touching the men's rumble, like how as people come out, you can – it just – it gives you that WrestleMania feel, you know, with yeah. the just, like, roars, and you're like, whoa, you know? So that was cool, and uh, a lot of people were praising – from what I heard in different reviews, a lot of people were praising just the wrestlers like wrestling on the dugout on top of the dugout. Did you did you notice that? Like even with the Corbin and Roman Reigns, like I know with the finish, it ended up finishing them with, with them too, like battling it out on top of a dugout. I saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Which is pretty different, you know. The WWE, you know, uh, a lot of people do complain about it being. The product getting stale and things mm -hmm. like that, um, okay. which I, I'm one of those people at times. Um, but <laughs> me too. <laughs> but um, you know they, they you can see they are trying different things, and um, that's one of the things that I really do enjoy about AEW coming into play because yes. they're making WWE step up their game. I agree. I totally agree. And as my boy JD from NY would say, <laughs> the AEW effect, as he would say. <laughs> I love when he says that anytime he's talking about WWE, <laughs> when they do things like Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley, potentially at WrestleMania. As he says, that's the AEW effect. Don't be fooled. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Um, so definitely... 
moving on. So with the men's Royal Rumble, or were there anything as far as outside of the two Royal Rumbles, uh, were there any other matches that stuck out to you or that you enjoyed or tried to give a chance and was just like, yeah, nah, this ain't cutting it? Honestly, now I'm I am upset that I, I didn't get a chance to see that um Umberto Carrillo and Andrade match. Ah, yes. Even though yeah. that's a feud that's kind of you know running its course too, but um it's they're still two exciting uh wrestlers. They're, yeah. they're very exciting wrestlers. I didn't get a chance to see that Royal Rumble match, and I definitely would have liked to see that one. Yeah, I I actually caught some of that. Uh, I did catch that match, and it was uh, it was pretty exciting. A lot of people uh, talk about Andrade. I mean, not Andrade. I'm sorry. People love Andrade. Uh, Umberto. People are talking, but they feel like he does a lot of arm drags a lot, even though he mm-hmm. switches them up. But they seem like that's the main part of his arsenal. You know, with his offense is like, what is he gonna do? Keep arm dragging you to death? Like, you know, and. I have to pay a little more attention to him because I've actually found him exciting to watch. Like, I like that he right. does like, these cool little flips and everything, uh, which we'll, we'll touch on some stuff about that a little later. But, um, you know, I don't know. I thought I thought it was a pretty, you know, Andrade seems to have the best chemistry with fellow Latino wrestlers, I notice. And, yeah. you know, him and Ray... I mean, they can have a million matches and it never gets old. It seems like him and Ray just, but Ray, he's a veteran, man. Ray, Ray can just put on a great match with just about any luchador or any Hispanic wrestler for that matter. Yeah. That's his style. You know, he came up in that, in that style. So it's, it's easy for him to put on five stellar, five star type matches with him. So, you know, but, um, Humberto Andrade, uh, you know, I wish too bad, you know, Kalisto's kind of locked up in this Lucha house party thing. I mean, <laughs> it would be nice to see him and Andrade, you know, give a give a little tussle. Uh, really, just about all three of them. I mean, all of those guys in Lucha house party, individually, they're so much better on their own than they are in this little stable. Right. It, it just, it ain't doing it for me. It kind of has a little bit of a racist vibe, low-key. But, I mean, hey, we're not going to go there, people. <laughs> not right. tonight. Not tonight. We're not going to go there. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a pretty good match, man. I recommend, you know, when you get some free time, you know, probably check it back out and get your initial thoughts on that. Uh, but like you said, it seems like recently that feud has officially come to an end because they had a match on Raw. But what's strange to me is... Recent news reports have said that Andrade is now suspended for the next 30 days due to a, lo and behold, as you know, good old infamous infamous (laughs) PEDs, as you know, good old uh, drug test failure, as you will. Uh, They found some PEDs and... So as you know, as as that violation, once again, WWE is very strict on that now, much like every other major sports league. And uh, Andrade is uh, he he had some stuff in his uh, system there from drug tests, and uh, yeah, he's been suspended for the next thirty days. Now, funny thing about that is he is your current reigning United States champion. So clearly that means we won't see this title for the next 30 days because Humberto did not win this title in both attempts. He had he lost clean on Sunday 
And then he gets a rematch again on Monday, only for that match to end in a disqualification. And as we know, titles don't change hands in DQs unless, well, an authority figure says otherwise. So I don't get it, but we won't see the U.S. title for the next 30 days, as if it really mattered, because we don't seem to care about it these days, even though we're really, <laughs> we're really trying. I promise you, we're trying to care about these mid-card titles. They don't seem to give us a reason to care about them right now. They're exactly. barely giving us a reason to care about the main titles. But I digress. <laughs> so, <laughs> said we weren't going to complain. This is actually just going to be a show of critique. That's all. So, <laughs> I digress. Uh, Lamar, your thoughts, my friend? Anything you want to touch on there? Man, strip him of the title. <laughs> <laughs> just make it a title. Strip it. T- you know, you look at other sports, well, mainly things like uh, MMA and boxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think WWE should start to kind of follow that format when it comes to their drug policies, since they're so strict on their drug policy. You know, I, if, agree. I agree. If if your champion, no matter if it's a mid-card or main title, whatever, if your champion cannot hold his end of the bargain. Now, we do know there is a lot of things that go into uh, the substances that, you know, a lot of times these athletes uh, fail. You know, sometimes they're prescribed medicine from doctors and things like that that has substances in it that is actually uh, illegal to the companies. Um, You know, and it sucks in cases like that. But you know, if these athletes can't hold up their end of the bargain and they're carrying a strap, hey, you get you get banned or fined, whatever, or you get banned or suspended. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. strip them of the title. Strip them of the title. I think that now everybody know um, that wrestling is you know sports entertainment, mm-hmm. but I know I keep bringing up AEW, but like AEW, one thing about them. Um, with the whole records, record keeping, mm-hmm. you know, trying to make it as close to real life as possible. Mm. Um, and so I brought that up to say in the wrestling world, when your champion is failing drug tests and things like that, strip him of the title, make it as close to real as possible. Mm. You know, and that that is a great point that I really think they should do because funny thing about the whole strip thing in the WWE world is that when normally they use the whole strip them of the title phrase that a lot of times is storyline based. Like, oh, if you don't defend your title tonight, you will be stripped. Or, you know, there's this low-key invisible written unwritten rule that WWE doesn't utilize much for people like, oh, I don't know, Brock Lesnar, where sure. if you don't defend the title for a certain amount of days, you get stripped of it. Right. So it's kind of like, okay, why do you have that rule again if you're not actually doing that? So logically speaking, especially if you want to be more sports-oriented and taken more seriously, then yes, I agree. They should strip you know, because 30 days is a lot of time to be suspended, and that's a lot of time we don't see the United States championship. And, I mean, while he's away, you might as well put it on an active superstar 
that is going to defend it and we can still see the title you know and and try to actually care about the title so it's like I, i i really agree with that and i think that's something wwe should definitely take into account and we'll see they probably won't but you never know maybe Maybe it's something they might actually consider. So WWE or someone from WWE, if you just so happen to be listening to this, go ahead and try to pitch that to the higher-ups a little bit and say, hey, let's try that. Let's see if that actually works. Now, that being said, let's go back to the Royal Rumble. And let's go ahead and just talk about the Rumble. Let's talk about the Rumble matches. Um We'll go ahead and start with the men since we were kind of touching into that. So this was a tale of two halves, literally. This was like two totally different rumbles. (laughs) At first, the way that rumble started off, like, I have to agree with my boy. I I keep bringing him up, you know, JD from NY. I, 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 I like how he said this was one of the best rumbles within the last few years. Not the best Rumble of all time. Definitely right. not that. But the best mm-hmm. Royal Rumble within the last few years. And for this reason, because of the returns and because of the fact that it gave you every different emotion in one night, it had you shocked, angry, sad, crying some tears of joy, you know, for some you know things you didn't think you would ever see again and it also had you feeling great just off of the ending outcome you know so i have to agree with that because i'm not gonna lie this rumble had me at the edge of my seat because at first it went from is this really how they're gonna do this entire (laughs) all night they're really gonna have this man in the middle of the ring just tossing people out in a matter of seconds really you know i was like they're really going to do this. And then all of a sudden, things got interesting. And it was like, oh, 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 wait. Oh, never mind, you know. And then back to square one. And then it got interesting again. And next thing you know, it was like, whoa. And then it was like, nope, 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 not again. <laughs> and then it got interesting again. And next thing you know, he's out of there. So it was like, wow, you know. So let's go ahead and just let's just go off to it. So, like. Out of 30 entries, as we know, Brock Lesnar entered this baby in number one fashion, and he basically was trying to make history. Now, personally, I still feel like it was pretty dumb, yet pretty smart to have him in this (laughs) rumble at the same time. It was dumb because it was like, okay, you're the champion. Why are you in the Royal Rumble? What are you going to do if you win the Royal Rumble? This makes no sense. You know? (laughs) But then it also was exciting because one thing I will love and respect about Brock is the man can work. No doubt about it. But what I do like about his matches is they're very unpredictable. You never know how they're going to turn out. Either it's a squash and he just destroys whoever he's in the ring with or he's destroying whoever he's in the ring with only to then suddenly get destroyed for a moment and have you on the edge of your seat thinking, oh, he's about to lose. And then next thing you know, no, he doesn't lose, and he pulls it out at the last minute just barely. Or it can be a case like that match with Bill Goldberg where he loses in like 
a matter of two minutes. And you're like, <laughs> what? what just happened? You, you know? Rock's matches are super unpredictable, and that's what I love about them. So it was the same case of this Royal Rumble. I mean, the way things went, he comes in, and then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, who's going to be number two? And then we get Elias. And I'm like, Elias? Really? <laughs> oh, my God. This is not going to be. I was like, Elias. And, that, and and it was so funny, Lamar. Like, he kept antagonizing Brock, literally just coming down, playing this guitar, talking about Brock. You see Brock in the ring just first he seems amused and entertained and then eventually he gets annoyed and he's just like okay i'm gonna need you to get in this ring darn near trips getting out of the ring which i found hilarious because he darn near practically hurt himself (laughs) trying to get out the ring and go grab elias and i was just like see brock that's why you need to chill out bro you're a little too big for that sometimes you know like (laughs) you know but he he just destroyed Elias and boom, poof, gone, just like that. And that was the case for the next few entries. And it was just like, wow, you know? And I mean, just like, Lamar, you you take it from here, bro. Like, just just follow me. I mean, mean, when they first announced uh, Brock Lesnar, being was entering the Royal Rumble, uh-huh. and especially at number one, I'm like, okay, so is he gonna defend the title in the Royal Rumble? Like, is the Royal Rumble <laughs> winner gonna get the championship? I'm like, this must be. And then when I realized that he wasn't defending the title, I'm like, oh, this is just another cop out for him not to defend the title. So, <laughs> but it, at the same time, I agree with you. It was it was a brilliant idea. And especially having him go number one, like and like you already said, he is a workhorse, man. I definitely give him his props for all that he was doing. And when you know when he first came back, man, he it was so boring, bro, because he would win every fight, like yeah. in in a few, like he would just suplex everybody a thousand times, yeah, like <laughs> and then just win, like and it was just getting ridiculous. Yeah, but but they definitely have added the shock factor into his uh, matches now. Now you really don't know how it's going to turn out because they're not afraid to let him lose. Yeah, you know, agreed, man. <laughs> they're not afraid to let him lose. But yeah, back to the rumble. Like, okay, yeah. like you said, Elias comes in, he gets rid of him. Rowan comes in, he's gone. Rude, he's gone. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, this yeah. is not. No, <laughs> this is not how it's about to turn out. Like, he's not about to just single-handedly eliminate every single person that enters into the Rumble. Like, this is not how it's about to be, man. I even went into the kitchen because I was watching him in the living room. Uh-huh. And I went into the kitchen and sat down because I was like, I'm not about to watch this. Like, like <laughs> I'm not about to put myself through this. Like, this man is not about to just throw every single, all 29 men out. Like, this is a waste right here. I'm telling you. Oh, <laughs> and my. then and then you get uh Kofi comes in and, and Big uh, E comes in and I think Mysterio was Mysterio. still in at the time. Yeah, and was. I'm like, okay, now they're gonna jump him. He's gone. He's out of there. <laughs> no, that's not what happened. I was like, Big E can't get him out. Like yeah. yeah. I expect Big E to be able to handle his own one-on-one. Exactly. It's three of y'all against Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> and Big E can't get him out. Are we serious? Yeah, I know. 
I was like, doing, need I mind you, after doing the big ending at that. So, <laughs> need I mind you, he does his finisher on Brock very easily. And you right. think to yourself, okay, if you can do that, you can get him out the ring. <laughs> no. No. And no. you know what, man? Speaking of that, that's what gave me even more hope. The way he did his finisher, man. The yeah. big ending, bro. Like, yeah. I was like, when I saw him lift Brock up, I was like, oh, he's definitely probably going to, you know, fade or or stumble a little bit. You know, yeah. he, he got to. No, he put Brock over his shoulder and boom. <laughs> I said, oh, he's definitely out of there now. Yeah. But no, that's uh, not what happened. <laughs> Brock got rid of all three of them. Yo, then, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we before we even go on from there. <laughs> He didn't just get rid of them. Let's let's break that down for a second. It went left real quick. Okay. <laughs> it went from three against one, double teaming, trouble in paradise, big ending. Then we see Brock in the corner. He gets Irish whooping to the corner. Big E does a big like shoulder tackle onto him. And I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> here we go. It's about to get rough. All right, cool. Big E goes and pulls a Matt and Jeff Hardy. He literally <laughs> Crawls down on the on the mat. We see Ray Mysterio, and I'm thinking, oh no, don't do this, Ray. No, you're no. He runs, jumps off of Big E's back, runs into Brock Lesnar. Brock just takes him and just throws him over the freaking turnbuckle, and he's out. So there goes little Ray, and I'm like, well, that's all she wrote there. Then out of nowhere, and the camera just missed this. And and caught it just in time. Out of nowhere, Brock's big self freaking <laughs> hops over Big E's back and clotheslines Kofi. I was like, bro, did he just do that? How did he do that? <laughs> this big 300 plus pound. It just, it just, like, that was, that was mind-boggling that he did that. Like, can you imagine? Big E is 300 pounds darn near himself. Can you imagine a big 300 pound man? Hopping over another 300-pound 300, 300 man's back and leaping onto you in a clothesline. Yo, that is scary. Oh, my God. Yo, Big E definitely got the Purple Heart medal for that one, man. Because oh, I, yeah, like, that was one of those moments that you saw and you was like, wait, did he just jump? Did he really just jump off this man's back? Like, <laughs> I was like. Bro. And I think they showed a replay, and I was like, yo, he really jumped on this man's back. Oh, my like, God. I was so shocked. I was like, yo, I showed that to my homeboy, and, like, we had to rewind that, like, three, four, five times because he was cracking up at the fact that he did that. He was like, oh, snap. I was like, yeah, bro. I said the same thing. I was like, what? So let's continue from that point on. It gets funny, people. It gets funnier from here. But then you got Cesaro. And oh. I was like, okay, Brock yeah. is definitely out of there, man. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> Swiss <laughs> Superman, man. Come on. Yeah. This man has swung people twice his size around. Surely he can throw Brock out, right? Wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and he made me feel so small, man. I had a, it was, uh, my, my, one of my sister's friends was at the house. Um, uh -huh. he's not really, a, a, a he used to watch wrestling. He's more of a casual fan every now and then. Um, 
But I kept on saying, like, okay, Brock is about to get up out of there. And I really had hope when it was Big E, you know, and yeah. that didn't happen. So when Cesaro came out and I said it, he was like, man, you keep on saying that Brock is about to go. I said, man, I got faith in these people, man. Like, it's like, I was like, no, you don't know Cesaro, man. Cesaro can do it. He yeah. can get the job done, bro. This yeah. is the Swiss Superman. At one point, he was man in black. This guy can get the job done. Yes. But he failed me, too. Uh, um, it was a it was a couple of knee strikes and then next thing you know he is gone. I was like, what? Y'all really think that is how WWE feels about Cesaro, ladies and gentlemen. The man who puts on stellar matches with all size types, and you just do him like that. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Right. No, no love. No love for Cesaro. Poor Cesaro. Man. Then I lost all hope when Shelton Benjamin came out. Oh my God! Because I was like, <laughs> I was like, they couldn't get Brock out by himself. Now he has his boy here. Yeah. He's definitely gonna win the world. <laughs> <laughs> they did a big hug and all this lovey-dovey stuff. And hey, how you doing? You look good. Yeah. But then they was doing too much of that. So my mind said. Nah, Benjamin's out of there too. And long, <laughs> longer and behold, I think he suplexed him. He suplexed him. Yes, he <laughs> and then that was over. Threw him out, and I was just like, "Yep, that's pretty much how Shelton's been treated since he's been back." So yeah, thanks, Shelton. thanks for coming. Like, <laughs> that year, oh. the veterans, man. Wow. Oh my goodness. So as if that didn't make any matters worse. Next thing you know. We get our boy Shinsuke Nakamura. Man, when Shinsuke came out, man, it was one of those moments where I turned my head because I just knew Lesnar was just going to win the Royal Rumble. So I don't even remember how Shinsuke got out the match. I just know he got out the match. It was, it was well, to, to sum it up in Shinsuke's case, it was very similar to that of Cesaro, actually. It was a matter of he. Tried to kick Lesnar, he missed, and then caught him again with a sidekick, knocked him down, tried to do a Ken Shousa for whatever reason, and that's what Brock said, nope, get on my shoulders, and you're out of there. And Shinsuke just looked so disappointed, like, dang, for real? And I'm like, yeah, for real, you got thrown out just like that. Sorry, Shinsuke, back to the back for you, my, my friend. And then this is where I really just got, I was just like, oh, no, why they do my boy like this, man? Freaking first surprise return we get. Rumors yes. had been swirling around. I heard he was going to be in the Royal Rumble. And lo and behold, here he comes, Mr. 305, Mr. Ballin, Mr. <laughs> Three Letters, MVP himself. One of my yes. favorites. I actually love MVP, and I, I really did not love what MVP had in store. <laughs> <laughs> but the hilarious moment of that moment was watching Brock. Matter of fact, this entire rumble was funny. Lamar, I don't know if you paid attention to this, but every single time a superstar seemed to come out, it was like Brock Lesnar had a different reaction for every superstar as if it was like, oh, hey, who are you? I've never seen you before. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's like, well, you would if you came to the show more often. <laughs> 
<laughs> I did notice that, man. I was dying, man. He was just I did notice that. He would give these looks like, oh, okay, you look fun to play with for a minute. Like like when Bobby Roode came out. Like, it was like, I don't know who you are, but I'm gonna have to with you. So here comes MVP and he, you know, crowd goes wild because they're like, oh, MVP, we remember you. Welcome back. And we see Lesnar and he's like smiling. And then next thing you know, he just starts breaking off in a dance. And I'm like, oh, no, he's dancing. Oh. <laughs> and to make matters worse, MVP had to just wear some Black Panther attire. That just oh, that my really God. did it. I was like, no, oh. not the Black Panther suit. <laughs> I was like, no, don't do T'Challa like that. I was like, oh my goodness. Commentary moment of the night to me was when he got in his ring. He did a couple shots at Lesnar. He, you know, got a couple punches in. Then out of nowhere, he gets F5 and see you later. Thanks for coming, MVP. But what really got me was when Corey Graves and Booker T, thank God. They put my boy Booker on commentary. I miss Booker on commentary because he says yes. funniest stuff where you're just like, bruh, only Booker T would say this. Literally, right. you hear Corey Graves, as soon as MVP gets F5, Corey Graves is like, so if MVP is Black Panther, does that make Brock Lesnar Thanos? <laughs> you hear Booker T go, I think you're right about that. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so as soon as MVP gets tossed out, the funniest commentator moment. Again, this, ladies and gentlemen, go on YouTube and just type in the funniest commentary moments from Booker T. You will laugh. There's like so many of them. This man said, "Well, I guess the vibranium didn't cut out as well as he thought." <laughs> Why? So MVP, it was nice to see you, buddy, oh and uh, that was that. So. Then after that, I believe is when we got Baskin his glory himself, my boy Keith, Keith Lee. Lee. But before you go to Keith Lee, yes, yes. make matters worse with MVP. Why did he come out the next night on Raw with a Deadpool outfit on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't know that MVP was such a comic book. <laughs> I was like, whoa, like. <laughs> We last saw you. You had these Power Ranger like suits. And now you got these superhero themed suits. What in the world? I was like, MVP. What's going on, man? Like, hey, it's cool. You know, respect. You know, it was good to see him in the ring. It was good to see him return. Yeah. You know, and if you follow him on Instagram, ladies and gentlemen, he really did all of this for his son. He got to meet his favorite wrestler, who is Rey Mysterio, and that that was really why he did the whole thing. I mean, he really he didn't do it for the fans love him. He he didn't do it for himself. He did it all for his uh, little son. So yeah. that was a great heartwarming moment to know that MVP really just true fatherhood at its finest, man. But all that being said, still doesn't explain why he came out in Marvel gear. But hey. <laughs> I digress. Hopefully he doesn't get hit with the copyright laws, you know. That's all I got yeah, to say there. True, true, true. <laughs> you know that? have done that. Yes, that, they have. That's, uh, that's awesome, though, when uh, those wrestlers, you know, they, they step in. You see them in their in their father role, you know. Yeah. Um, even thinking when, when Goldberg did his little return 
Um, yeah. and, and that was like his main reason for doing his return because he wanted his son to be able to see what everybody knows him as pretty much. Yeah. You know? And it's just, that, it's pretty awesome, man. It's pretty awesome. I agree, man. You know, we're we're super early right now for Father's Day, but hey, shout out to the <laughs> uh, fathers out there that uh do what they do for their sons, man. Y'all, y'all the real MVPs, pun intended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, that being said, let's continue with this rumble, shall we? Uh, Keith so, Lee, Keith Lee, basking his glory. Now, I don't know about you, Lamar, but I jumped out of my seat. I got excited, and I was like, oh, yeah. This man took Roman Reigns to his limit. I yeah. know this man. And, and just seeing the look on Brock's face where he was like, oh. And you can read his <laughs> lips, too. He's like, oh, big boy. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> big boy. And I was like, don't let that fool you, either. He quick, too. He quick uh-huh. like a cruiserweight. I was like, oh, yeah, Brock, you got somebody that's met your match. And then they got in the ring, and they went face to face. Oh, I got chills, bro. I yeah. was like, dude, this man is literally the same height and size as Brock? Oh, my God. I was like, dude, this needs to be a WrestleMania match right now. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, yeah, I was definitely saying the same thing, man. And there was another moment for me where I was like, Brock's out of there. He's gone. <laughs> he's out of there. You know, and the dude that was with me, he's like, who's this guy? I'm like, yo, you do not know about him, man. This is Keith Lee. This is the most athletic big man that you will ever see in your life. Yes. I had all hopes in the world. I said, Keith Lee's going to do it. He's going to do it. And like you said about him and Roman Reigns, he took he took uh, Roman to his limit. So I was like, oh, yeah, he's the man. He's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the funny thing was there were rumors that Keith Lee were was actually going to be the guy to eliminate Brock. There were rumors going into the rumble about that, so I thought to myself, oh, this is it. Like, legit, this is it. Like, it's about to happen. And then, so, you know, they have a nice little face-off, stare-off, they jaw-jack for a minute, have a nice little test of wits, and we see where Keith Lee just straight-up shoulder-tackled him, knocked him off his feet, and Brock's got this state of shock, like, what in the world did I just feel? And I'm like, yeah, it's about to get real, buddy. And then they have a collision course. They knock each other down. And then uh, all of a sudden, the next entry comes out, and we see Braun Strowman. So I'm thinking, oh, heck yeah. Now right. really going to get interested. Braun Strowman? <laughs> man, he got a score to settle with Brock. So I know these two big suckers are going to get this man out the ring. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, man. man. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, that was my last and final moment, man. That was when I that was when I was at the peak of my hope. I said there's no there's no way that Lesnar is getting Braun Strowman out of there. It's no way. Strowman, and, matter of fact, Strowman might go on to win the whole thing. It, it's just, it's no way. Yeah, yeah. And 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 well, what do you know? First of all, what was so stupid was why did Strowman even get out the ring? I don't know. Corey Graves pointed that out so well and eloquently eloquently, because it was like uh, I know you're hyping all Strowman, but why would you get out the ring and shoulder tackle Keith Lee? For what? It's not even a regular match. It's a fucking <laughs> rumble. Just throw Brock out of there. You're big enough to do it. Throw him out. You don't have to run out the ring. For what? <laughs> and, 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 and then just next thing you know, just when you thought, I mean, Brock German suplexes both men. <laughs> and then when Keith Lee and Braun get up, they run into each other, have a face-off, start battling. 
for whatever reason, I guess they didn't realize, hey, guys, you're right next to the ropes, you know. And out of nowhere, Brock just clotheslines both of them out the ring with ease. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, this really just happened. Wow. Did they really just do that? Yes, they did. <laughs> I just, I was like, okay, I don't know who's supposed to throw this man out the ring at this point. Yeah. Who's left? I don't I know. Ga- I gave up. I-, I gave up. I was like, okay, Brock's just going to win the Royal Rumble. Like, I had, well, I had two I had two ways that this was going to turn out. I said either Brock is going to win or Roman Reigns is going to win, which I don't want to see that either. Oh, as much as I lo- as much as I love and respect Reigns, I we, just he's been at the top too much. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah. want to see that either. <laughs> we we both hit that conclusion for sure. We were like, "Yep, nope, not going to happen." So, <laughs> so and and the next thing you know, it just it was just like, "Okay, these people are coming out." And it was like, yep, nope, that's that's not gonna work. Yeah, no, that person's not gonna throw Brock. Nope, neither is that person. <laughs> and then we get Drew, Drew McIntyre. But before him, we get we got the little guy. Oh yeah, the little guy. Oh. <laughs> Ricochet. Uh, Ricochet, yes, Ricochet. You know. I was actually intrigued by that because I was like, okay, Rick, let's see what Ricochet does. Let's see how WWE is going to use Ricochet because the man is a star and yet somehow is still not quite reaching the potential on the main roster anyway that he should be reaching. It's not at the level he should be at, but I still felt like, okay, underdog. If anybody could probably do this in a, in a, in a oh my God kind of way, it's him. He comes in for whatever reason, does a cross body. That was smart. Brock picks him up and gives him a backbreaker, and and then they're kind of just sitting there for a while, and then that's when we get Drew. Yes. And so I thought to myself, okay, I forgot about you, Drew. You know what? That's the guy. That's the guy to do it. He's the one. Drew don't play. <laughs> Drew is on a mission. He's the guy that's going to do this. And boy, did Brock look intimidated. Boy, he comes down there with a fierce, fierce look, fierce, confident walk. This man stares Brock into the ring, comes in the ring staring at him, and he's jaw-jacking, and Brock looks like he didn't know what to do. He's just like, holy crap. (laughs) You know, like, I don't even know how to come at you right now. And, And Drew's like, yeah. I've been waiting for this moment, and I'm so about to come get you. I mean, Drew hungry. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's see. This is interesting. Out the blue, Ricochet returns the favor from what Brock gave him on Monday Night Raw before the Rumble. Yep. Gives him a nice little low blow, and I'm thinking, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> it just got real, and then out of nowhere, boom, Claymore kick. Lesnar's out. And it was like, oh my God, crowd went crazy. They went bananas, like, like pop of the night. Well, okay, maybe not of Almost. the night, because there was. Almost pop of the night until <laughs> a little bit later in the night. But before that moment, that was the Vicer pop of the night. Crowd went crazy. They're like, oh, snap. Props to Lesnar, because he sold the heck out of that Claymore kick. Homeboy was on <laughs> at least what? 20 minutes? (laughs) He just laid there like he was looking in shock, but he just laid there like he really got laid out by this thing. I was just like, yep, that's how you sell. 
<laughs> like, Nobody did he die? Die? ever said I'm like, yeah, I thought this guy was like, did he die? Did that kill him? Like, what did he do? And so, in the meantime, what was even more funny was just the fact that Drew literally just stares at him like, yeah, I kicked you out. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, I'm coming for you, sucker. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. I was like, all right, Drew, I see you. And so, we go back to Ricochet and Drew. They battle it out for a minute, and then Poor Ricochet. I mean, Drew just catches him out of nowhere and just straight up, he just darted homie out the ring. I was like, yo. Oh, speaking of darted out the ring, there's a notable elimination I totally forgot about that Brock had. How could we forget Mr. Morrison? Now, this man literally just came back. Literally just came back. I don't know why he decided to be in the Rumble. Because if they were going to do him like that, there was really no point. This man comes out, gets in the ring, and Brock just straight up kicks this man like crazy. It was like, whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Out of nowhere, Brock just straight belly to bellies him. And it was so funny because (laughs) he, he flipped. He did a whole front somersault. (laughs) <laughs> Landed on his feet and fell. But it was funny. Booker T, yet again, MVP with the commentary. Because he was like, oh, 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 I guess the parkour. It looks like the parkour worked out. <laughs> and, he still and I was like, yo, it did low key. Because it's almost like if you go back and look at how Brock eliminated Morrison, it's almost like Morrison didn't realize he was going to get tossed that high and just realized. <laughs> In midair, like, yo, I need to, like, land on my feet before I fall because I might actually get hurt. <laughs> like, let me use my barcore tactics and let me land on my feet and then fall. Like, oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah, total disrespect to Morrison. It really was. I'm just like, damn, man. Y'all going to do this man like that? He didn't just went all around the world, made a name for himself, and y'all just want to do him like that. Like, that's messed. <laughs> up bro (laughs) so let's fast forward back so now we see drew mcintyre and he goes on an elimination spree at this point he's eliminating brothers left and right we're gonna give you guys a speedy version at this point now you know because we we could be talking about the men's royal rumble the whole show that's just how entertaining it was so he's tossing people out left and right and then next thing you know we get the number 21 and so at this point, we've had pretty much the OC. We've had AJ Styles. We've had, you know, uh, Randy Orton didn't come out yet. He came out a little bit afterwards. So let me see. Who else was in the ring at this yeah, point? Yeah, Ziggler. Ziggler, that's right. We had Ziggler. The we Miz. Had, well, the Miz kind of got tossed out pretty Yeah, he, quick. he was short. Yeah, he was <laughs> one of the victims that Drew McIntyre was like, yeah, you get out of here. So bye, Miz. And yeah, so... <laughs> That was you know, pretty much it. Yeah, that was pretty much it. And so at this point, we're getting ready for the 21th entry. And next thing you know, you think you know me. Crowd goes bananas. And it was like, no way. Is this who we think it is? And Edge, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Edge. Derek, I know you're listening, my friend, because this is definitely one of his favorite wrestlers of all time. <laughs> Mr. Edge is back, ladies and gentlemen. He is officially back. And this was a very unique Edge, by the way. This was a old man Edge who looks in great shape 
physically. I mean, the man was cut, straight up cut. I mean, six pack and all. Man was cut, but the man was rocking a nice little gray bushy beard. You know what I mean? <laughs> Had some wrinkles under the eyes a little bit. You know, I was like, look, your old man, <laughs> old man Edge. You know, like old man Edge came out there like a like like one of them. It, it kind of felt like like very Sylvester Stallone-ish in a way, you know, like when, when yeah. you had the final Rocky and he had that final fight just to show y'all like, yeah, I still got it, Adrian. <laughs> still, still got it, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I was kind of it in that moment. Like everybody just popped because they were like emotional. They wanted to cry. Like, yo, we're really seeing Edge right now, like in the ring. Like what? And so, yeah, Edge comes out, gets the ovation of the night. And everybody gets a spear. You get a spear. You get a spear. You get a spear. Everybody gets a spear. And, uh, yeah, crowd's cheering for Edge. They're saying, you still got it. And uh, then that's when we see Orton come out. Rated RKO has a reunion. We'll touch on that a little bit later. And, uh, yeah, man, it just. Yo, my mind had went blank. Like, when that came on, you think you know me. My mind, you know how the Marvel movies, like, in the beginning <laughs> of the movies, it's just flipping through all the pages? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mind was like, who is that? Like, I could not remember who. I'm like, yo, I love this song, but I cannot think of who this is. Yeah. And then I see this man run out. I'm like, duh. Yeah. It's Edge. Bro, I jumped out of my seat, man. But for some reason, my mind could not register. It was like a bunch of pages going through my mind, like, Man. Whose music is that? I'm it's been so it's been too long, man. It has. It but really man, has. Man, when he hit that ramp, I was like, my jaw just dropped, like, wait a minute. And man. I knew he had grew his hair back out too. I'm yeah. like, yo, he looks just like Ed, the old edge. Yeah. Except he, he except he uh has some gray and, and yeah. his age lines, and yeah. now he looks like a uh, grand wizard edge. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, you know, he went through the hyperbolic time chamber, you know, he did some, some extra training, so he's all ripped, you know, he's older, so, you know, time and flu, so, it, you know. Obi-Wan Kenobi age. <laughs> oh, boy. Derek is totally going to laugh when he finds out about it, but okay. Nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless we are... It, it was it was an emotional night, and seeing that that was definitely the night, the moment. That moment alone made this Royal Rumble one of, you know, it just made it a memorable Rumble. Like it will always be etched in history now because of that iconic moment. We never imagined or thought we would see Edge in the ring ever again. And now, yeah. not only did we see him, but we will be seeing him for the next three years, ladies and gentlemen. Because also something I kind of forgot to report this morning, you know, earlier in the notes, but uh, Edge signed a three-year deal with the WWE. But... Really? Worth, yes, he has signed a three-year deal with the WWE. And check this, guys. He's going to be getting $3 million a year from WWE, and uh, I believe the cards, the contract has about 25 matches listed for him in that three years. Uh, So, yeah, he got WWE pretty doggone good. Another insider also about that news, he actually kind of teased AEW to leverage more money out of WWE. He had a talk with Tony Khan, owner and, uh, you know, investor of AEW, he, uh, you know, AEW kind of wanted to get Edge over there on that side, and he entertained it. But uh, 
ultimately just did that to give WWE to get him some more money, and that's exactly what happened. So, yes, Edge is with the company for the next three years, $3 million deal uh, by the year. So he'll get $3 million each year and uh, 25 matches in total. So it starts with, as we'll talk a little later on it, it looks like it's going to start with him and a familiar, well, partner in Randy Orton as uh, looks like they're going to be feuding at WrestleMania, I take it. And uh, so, yeah, that'll probably be his first match official. And um, we'll see what happens from there. Yeah, more than that's likely, awesome right there. Yeah, you know, more than likely, I'm going to guess we're going to see him at the big shows, like the uh, Saudi Arabia shows, the the Super Showdowns and all of those. Mm-hmm. We'll probably see him at, obviously, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, uh, you know, the big four shows like SummerSlam and Survivor Series. Uh, so more than likely, those will be the shows that we see Edge at the most. Um, so not quite making the money Brock Lesnar's making, but... Goldberg was making like two million, so he's he's definitely uh getting a nice chunk of change in that veteran money. So props oh, yeah. to Edge and uh <clears throat> props to Beth Phoenix as well, the wifey, because uh as we saw in the women's rumble, she made a return as well. And yeah, she's she's getting her money or she's getting her NXT money, and pretty sure you know they probably worked out a little deal for her as well. Nothing official reported on that side of things yet. Probably something hard to do since she's on commentary right now. But who knows? We'll see what's up. Um, So, yeah, as the Rumble goes along at this point, from 21 on down, it got very, very interesting. At this point, the Rumble was filled. It wasn't down to one person like the first 15 (laughs) were. It was actually filled up. And it got interesting. You had your Samoa Joes. You had Seth Rollins with his uh, cult of uh, uh, <laughs> you know since he's the Monday Night Messiah um, yeah give me a break uh, he <laughs> comes out with his posse we have Alistair Black we've got Randy Orton as I mentioned we've got uh, AJ Styles was at this point eliminated pretty early earlier mm-hmm. than people would have expected but if you look back at that moment you could tell it looked like he got hurt taking a spear from Edge. It looked like he was selling a spear from Edge. He flipped in the middle of taking the spear, and evidently in flipping, it must have done something to a shoulder of his uh, because you could tell if you watch him from that point on, he looked like he was kind of hurting for real, for real. You could see him kind of in the corner talking to trainers, and Edge picks him up, and you can see them kind of talking to each other, and it's like he's telling Edge to go ahead and throw him out because he's not, you know, he's not, he's he's hurt. So you know, boom, and AJ Styles kind of quietly, quickly got eliminated, and that was that. Uh, so best of wishes to AJ Styles. Uh, hopefully he's back in time for Mania. Uh, hopefully it's not too serious. We'll find out what the reports say about that, and uh, get back with you guys there. But um, yeah, yeah, we had Roman Reigns, of course. Uh, funny thing about Roman, since we brought him up and 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 if the thought of is he gonna win? One thing about Ron, Reigns, I didn't notice this, but interestingly enough, since Roman Reigns has been a solo act, have you noticed the fact that this man always seems to not only grow later in the Royal Rumble, but he always manages to be down to the final two in the Royal All Rumble all the time. 
all the time. How? Why? WWE politics. They really love pushing Roman. Now, funny thing was, you could feel it that the crowd would have rioted if Roman Reigns won this thing. Even though we get it, you know, he's not booed as badly as he used to be ever since the cancer situation. And people right. actually love him a lot better now since then. But we do see and know that WWE still seems to push him and shove him down our throats. All the time. All the time. And so it really didn't need to come down to him and Drew. But for whatever reason, it did. I would have preferred it come down to him and Edge. Would have been a little bit more of a veteran salute kind of deal. Yeah. But it is what it is. Nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, we have our winner. Our Royal Rumble winner is no other than the Scottish psychopath, or at least that's what he was. I'm not sure if that's what his current gimmick is now. But Drew McIntyre, the new Drew McIntyre, as he said, is back. <laughs> is your winner of 2020 Royal Rumble. He, he announced the next night on Monday Night Raw that he will indeed, as expected, will face Brock Lesnar. Surprise, surprise. Right. The Raw championship the universal championship i'm sorry um kind of figured that couldn't really see him going against the fiend that would have been kind of weird i don't know how they would have played that one out that would have yeah i don't, I don't know how yeah, that would have went it, it, it made sense for brock i would have i would have taken brock over the fiend you know i love the fiend but I wouldn't have wanted to see him and Drew go at it. I don't think that would have been the perfect WrestleMania matchup. No, no. I'm actually excited uh, about this Brock Lesnar matchup. Me too. I'm, I'm very excited about it. It's going to be real interesting, man. I agree. Challenging Brock. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't a shock to anybody, but it's very, very interesting. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's going to take it, but uh, it's yeah. still interesting. Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, we saw Brock just last year lose the title at Mania, so it's not a, a foreign thing. Unless they try to do like they did with Roman that one year and pull a okey-doke and just be yeah. like, oh, that was unexpected. But Drew's on such a momentum. He's been protected kind of low-key anyway. Yeah. So I just don't see them building him up for him to lose. Like, it has to set up for him to win this thing. So otherwise... If you have him lose, you just defeated the purpose and you killed all the momentum. So all the momentum, yeah. Smart call is for him to win this, but WWE has done some WWE like things in the past before that make you say, "What were you thinking?" So <laughs> we we shall see. Uh, so real quick before I get into these segments with you and we call it a show. Um, what were your thoughts on the women's side of the Royal Rumble? Uh, what Who stood out to you most in this Rumble, and what were your initial thoughts on it? The women's, the women's I, uh, I was, I watched a little bit of it. Well, I watched, <laughs> yeah, I watched a little bit of it, not as much as I did the men's. Okay. Um, now, the thing that really killed it for me mm -hmm. was Santina. Moran. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah. "What the heck is this?" Yeah, and I forgot all about that gimmick. 
like, did too. The, yeah, the gimmick was so <laughs> terrible. I, I totally was able to erase it out of my mind. Yet yeah. WWE had to remind me. They did. <laughs> like Santina Morella. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. That that really was low-key disrespectful to the women, unfortunately, to bring yeah. up that memory like that. And I don't know. WWE's been on these agendas. I hope they weren't trying to like reach out to like transgender audiences and say, hey, look, we've got a, 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 a woman in a women's Royal Rumble, you know, or so I hope they weren't trying to pull some BS like that. Please tell me they weren't trying to do that. Please tell me this was just supposed to be a ha ha. Remember her? It, it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, right. I don't want to remember that, but thank you for bringing that to my memory again. So, yeah, that to me, that spot could have went to any other woman. I mean, heck, yeah. one of the Iconics could have did that spot. Anybody. Right. Not Santina. No, you know, but is what it is. Uh, I would say for me, the standout was definitely Bianca Belair. My girl, Bianca Belair. Yeah. She entered in at number two. And I literally personally thought with the way she was going... First of all, she broke Nia Jax's record for all-time eliminations in the Rumble. To those who don't know what Nia Jax's record was, don't hold your breath when I say this, but Nia Jax held the reign for most eliminations with a whopping number of seven. Yes, I said it, people. Seven. Not like the men's where you... (laughs) Have the double digits, right? You would think Nia Jax would have a whole lot more than seven, but no. Now, keep in mind, oh, and by the way, that's in the span of the, well, now three rumbles. So, yeah, go figure. Seven eliminations total for one woman. Go figure. Uh, That being said, Bianca Belair broke that record. She is now the current reigning woman with the most eliminations. Hopefully, she breaks her own record next year. I would love to see that. Maybe she can do double digits, you know, get 12 eliminations or something. But um, Shayna Baszler almost broke that record in the same night because right. within a quick span, she got seven eliminations. And it was like, whoa, OK, that 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 went left real quick. Uh, <laughs> but that is Shayna Baszler. I mean, she's she's pretty she's she's a pretty bad girl. So, I mean, you know, I, I, it was expected. You know, I wasn't surprised. I was surprised by the outcome because when it got down to her and Charlotte, I'm like, OK. Well, this is interesting. I would hope this means Shayna Baszler is going to go over. But as I told you guys earlier, as reported, turns out Charlotte didn't want to go over to an NXT person. Therefore, your winner is Charlotte. But I'm proud of Bianca Belair because I really thought she was going to win it for a second. And I mean, or at least get down to like the final four, maybe, or final three. Yeah. And. You know, but she lasted about 30 plus minutes, got eight eliminations. I'm proud of you, girl. That's black excellence right there. And uh, hopefully next year, man, we see her win it. I would love to see her win it next year. You know, either her or Sasha. Give her her or Sasha for next year's Rumble and and I'm good. Okay. Charlotte is the female Roman Reigns. Oh, my goodness. She shoved down our throats. They insert her when it's convenient. And there we go. And, so, like, the thing with Charlotte, I mean, 
Charlotte does put in work. You know, she she definitely gets the job done when she's called upon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is getting old with her winning all the time and just it, it's it's sickening, man. Yeah. I de- but I definitely agree with uh, Bianca Belair because I was gonna say you know I was gonna bring her name up. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I love Bianca, man. She she she's a beast, man. Man, she she definitely she has all of what you want in a superstar. Like she has it. Yeah. And, and I'm surprised she hasn't been called up to the main roster already. Right. Because of the fact that for one, what I always found interesting is the street profits got called up. And usually married mm-hmm. couples, usually the way they've been doing this lately, anybody who's dating or married, you Usually, they get called up at the same time. So I would have thought off, off top, Bianca Belair would have got called up right when the Street Profits did. Right. And I thought to myself, okay, well, how does that work on the traveling tip? Because this would mean that Montez Ford and Bianca Belair aren't traveling together then. Because NXT's in full sell. They're mm-hmm. not on the road. Yet, the Street Profits are on the main roster, and they're always on the road. So how does that work? Right. Uh, <laughs> so... Hopefully we see her. I'm, I'm going to guess usually when they're on the Royal Rumble, that kind of gives a sign of we'll see them on the main roster very soon. So, yeah, I'm going to say she gets called up after Mania, maybe. Um, just, I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. Yeah. But, mm-hmm, the Royal after Mania. The, Raw the, after second, Mania. the second biggest night of the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The crowd is going to just pop like crazy. I can only hope that Vince sees the superstardom in her and uses her the right way. I'm nervous on that aspect, but we shall see. And that is going to be that. So, ladies and gentlemen, that does it for our Royal Rumble portion. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, while we still have a little bit of time, I'm going to go into these awesome fun segments. And we're going to start with... Okay, let's go with one of my favorite segments. I haven't broke this segment out in a while. Let's go with babyface or heel. Yes, babyface or heel. So, Lamar, how this one works is I'm just going to go down the list, and I'm going to talk, and I'm just going to bring up subjects. They could be wrestling-related. They could be non-wrestling-related. And all you have to do, my friend, is just when I say babyface or heel, you choose the option of if you're going to go babyface or if you're going to go heel. And basically, if you decide to go babyface, you'll give the subject props and speak briefly on it. Or if you decide to go the heel route, which everybody loves to do, <laughs> then you go ahead and just crap on it for a minute. All right? All right. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So... What we're going to go ahead and start with is, let's see, let's see. All right, so let's talk about the way African-American wrestlers are treated and booked in, not just in WWE, let's just say pro wrestling in general. We'll specify with WWE uh, as far as the way they are booked, portrayed, and used uh, would you go babyface or would you go heel on this particular subject? Heel, all the way. Okay, so do elaborate, my friend. Man, they 
the way uh, African Americans are treated is terrible. I mean, well, they they've gotten a little better. Um, I can definitely, you know, especially with the fact that Kofi held the title for about six months, you know. Uh, but overall, looking at the overall picture, it, it's terrible, man. Like they don't really get a real big break. I mean, look at Naomi for once, man. I think she's held the title maybe once or or twice or something like that. Um, but just her whole glow gimmick, man. To me, that gimmick is trash. Now, mm. I I I like. I think. Well, let me let me not say it's trash. I think the gimmick is drawing to kids and and which the market that is supposed to appeal to it, it does appeal. However, it's she's almost taken as a joke. Like it's not serious, man. Like the, all they do with her is just. Her entrance is what her is 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 what she's about. Mm-hmm. The fact that she it, it gets dark and it, and she glows and she dances, but in the ring they really can care less about what she does because she's gonna lose anyway. She's just there to put people over, really. Um, and even looking at like a a dominant force like Big E, and just the New Day period, man. Looking at the New Day, the mm-hmm. New Day was really a joke stable. They were a stable meant to fail. But the fans is what got behind the stable. The fans got behind the New Day. Uh, and that's really what kept the New Day alive. It wasn't right. the company. It wasn't Vince McMahon saying, oh, I love this group. Nah, that group was set up to fail. Um, and then you look at a dominant force like, like Big E Langston, bro. Or he goes by Big E now. But Big E Langston, who he really is, Five, five, five. Like, the dude was supposed to come out of NXT and be a world champion. Like, but he had, but he's been, I mean, they, every chance that the company gets, they're making a joke out of what he's about, what the New Day's about, what, you know, they throwing pancakes and all this stuff, which, I mean, it's cool, it's fun, it's happy, whatever, it's joyful. But on the, at the end of it all, that's what he's going to be remembered for. Like, he's not going to be remembered as one of the greats. Not going to be remembered as somebody, like, on the Rock's level Mm. or Stone Cold's level. You know, even Kofi, he finally got a big break, but that that had a lot to do with Daniel Bryan. Mm. You know, not the company. Daniel Bryan pushed for that. Not the company. So the way that the company treats them, I don't think, you know, now I'm glad that they are employed. I'm mm-hmm. glad they're making some good. I, I I would hope they're making good money, you know. But you know, that's all <laughs> that you know, I, I hope they're making good money, you know, from, from the outside looking in, it seems like they're certainly enjoying their lives, you know, which is a good thing. But they're not made up. Why can't there be an African American that's pushed like John Cena? Mm. Or pushed like Randy Orton. You Come know, on, the the closest thing to that, I mean, the rock is an icon, but we know his lineage he he has the Samoan lineage oh yeah yeah you know? yeah so it's a little different story but there's not really a true african-american that's really 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 pushed i mean they do reference like farouk and and those people but still man they don't they don't give african-americans the the uh the push that they deserve yeah know? i agree man i agree and uh that's definitely something we'll we'll touch on Throughout Black History Month, you know, I'm going to do 
some cool, you know, and maybe I'll definitely have to get you back on the show for that. You know, when we do some like some uh, African-American like type tributes and things like that. Some of our African-American superstar talents that go under the radar, you know, over the oh, yeah. years. So, you know, we'll definitely be in talks about that one, my friend. We'll invite you back on for that and uh, oh, yeah, probably get sure. a couple other guests on for that one. So next baby facer hill the grammys and a lot of these outfits that i'm looking at on the red carpet such as little nas x in this pink prince rodeo like outfit of his um <laughs> your thoughts i'm pretty sure you might have seen some images from these uh celebrities and their red carpet outfits uh Care to go babyface or heel on this, my friend? Now, I saw that one. I didn't really see too many, so I'm going to go tweener. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Ow. I'm going to go tweener on it. Twe- and the only reason for tweener is because I haven't seen enough to really go either way. But I did see uh, Nas X with that mm-hmm. pink uh, cowboy suit on. And I was like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> you know, but... We do know what he's about. You know, he came out and told everybody what he's about. Yeah, you know, that's the life he chooses to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, hey, that's what he chooses to do. But I was just like, what are we doing? What What is the world what coming to? I mean, I'm looking at some of these outfits like, bro, what is this? <laughs> never would I ever. No, I don't care. Oh, no, never. Yeah, it, I, man. The problem is that everybody wants to become. Everybody wants to do something that's gonna uh, stand out. Um, and and sometimes people just take it too far, man. They want to do something like they they want to like the saying goes. I mean, if people are not talking about you, or if people are talking about you, then you're doing something. You know, if you're it, and and a lot of people say, you know, any type of publicity, whether it's good publicity or bad publicity, is good publicity. You know, if your name is out there in the media, then that's good because it's just putting eyes on your brand, even if it's bad. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, some of these outfits are just terrible. Like, I seen one. I don't know who it is, but a guy with, like, a, a green and black suit on or something. And oh, yeah, yeah. I, I and, and I think it was Tyler, the creator, with, like, a pink soldier suit on or something. I don't know what he was, <laughs> bro. I, it, it, yeah. <laughs> Pink is in, apparently. I guess that's... I don't know what's going on here, man. Man, but I guess he's another one that... You know what? On a side tip, I used to be such a huge Tyler, the Creator fan. I never, (laughs) ever, 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 ever once expected him to make the lifestyle choices that he's made, but hey. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I know, man. I know. It is what it is, man. You know, Life of these uh, entertainers, man. I guess that's why they call them entertainers. You know, they. Yeah. You. <laughs> but that said, we'll move on to. Okay, so I got about two more of these for you, and then we'll go into the next segment. Um, right. So let's see. First, next baby face or heel, um, and this is no this is this uh, again RIP to the late great Kobe Bryant but this is a debate question so I'm going to ask you to go baby face or heel on this All it right. has been reported that people view Kobe and Shaq as the best duo 
ever in the NBA. Are you willing to go babyface or heel on that thought? You know what? I'll go babyface on it. Mm, okay. Now, I'm a Nick fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a New York Knickerbocker. <laughs> Die-hard Nick fan. Indeed. And I actually, my uh, uh, my god brother, man, he's a huge Lakers fan. Him and his father, man. And I, man, I... It made me hate the Lakers even more. However, (laughs) Uh (laughs) well, it really made me hate uh, Kobe, and no disrespect. It made me hate Kobe as Mm -hmm. a basketball player even Mm -hmm. more, you know, in that time period. But I really love Kobe, you know. Mm -hmm. But I'll go babyface on it because they are such – they were such a dominant force, man. Like, Mm -hmm. you look at Shaq, man. Shaq himself, bro, is such a – behemoth of a person man he you know uh i think it was last month i actually saw shaq in person for the first time Uh um because i went down to uh they had that javante davis fight down at state farms arena in the land oh yeah 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 so i was there i went i I went to the because i'm a huge boxing fan as well um so i went to the fight and shaq was there so that was the first time i actually saw him in person Mm -hmm. and oh my goodness this now i knew he was tall Mm -hmm. and i knew he had some size to him but mm-hmm. when I say this man is massive, like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, bro. Like, I would have just let him do whatever he wanted to do in the paint, bro. And uh, you know what? Thinking about his career, I think that's exactly what the other NBA players did. They just let him do whatever he wanted to do in the paint, bro, because there's no stopping this man. <laughs> no stopping this man. <laughs> and what? then you have a man like Kobe that's just so lethal with the dribble, with the shot. The man is just can do anything, bro. He just does whatever he wants, bro. Like... There have been other great duos. You got Parker and Tim Duncan. Um, there's been a lot of great duos, but they won, what, I think five together? or I think they won five together or four together? It was, actually, it was three. They won, they three, won together. three together. They won Shaq three together. then went to Miami after mm-hmm. they, I believe, traded him or something like that. He went to Miami, won one with D-Wade and got four, and then he rubbed it into Kobe. Took Kobe a while, and then that's when he ended up getting – Two, and then he rubbed it in because he got one more than Shaq. So right, yeah, 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 yeah. He won two without without Shaq. That's yeah, right. yeah. yeah so uh huh. But had they stayed together, I think they easily could have won. Matter of fact, Shaq made a joke about it, saying, "You know, well, he wasn't making a joke, but when he was giving his tribute, he was like, you know, we can't joke about it. How he, he would say Kobe's gone, and and we're not gonna be able to joke with each other about how if we stayed together, we." Could have maybe won ten rings, but yeah. honestly, bro, I think if they would have stayed together, bro, they would have been pretty close to that number. Dang, man, yeah, that's definitely one of those uh, major what ifs we'll always think about, and uh, that's why I had to incorporate that in the segment. You know, one honor the late great Kobe Bryant, but also yeah, to spark some interesting debate, man. You know. Uh, so OTS fam, you know, if you're listening, that's definitely something to keep going, keep that chain reaction going, because that is very uh, interesting. Interesting even more because as a fellow Bulls fan over here, nobody <laughs> wants to mention that, you know, Jordan and Pippen won six together. I'm oh, just saying. Lord. And if oh, Jordan didn't retire the way he did, they probably easily would have won about eight to ten straight. Maybe I'm just <laughs> saying. Because they could have beat Houston. I'm pretty sure of it. But hey, is what it is you know that's neither here nor there ladies and gentlemen as you're listening you be the judge on that one so for the final baby face or heel segment here bad boys for life the man trilogy. 
has successfully killed and crushed in the box office. So I want to ask you, after so many years apart from the first one to the second one to now, don't know if you had a chance to see it. I know I didn't really get a chance to see it yet, but I will. But Babyface or Heel, as far as the old tandem of Will Smith and Martin Lawrence together one final time for Bad Boys for Life. I want to go babyface on it, even though I'm, I'm a very uh, sarcastic person, so my sarcasm wants me to go hell, but I'm going to go babyface on it. because of, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's, hey, it's life's a body, baby. Go Everybody likes the heel. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go babyface on it, just, even though my sarcasm wants to say who wants to see two old men playing FBI roles again, but I'll go babyface on it because those two guys are so iconic, man. They're, they're iconic dudes, man. And I haven't had a chance to see the movie yet. Um, but just what was what was the numbers on it again? You had the, the, the box office numbers uh, on it? Let me see if I can pull those up really quickly. Let's see. Bad Boys for Life. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what their box office did. Okay, so they won the domestic box office for a second straight weekend, bringing in $34 million. And so far, the total has been over $100 million. Wow. Wow, wow. And so for those two guys to be able to come back together, and when you think about it, like, since the last Bad Boy movie, mm-hmm. uh, there's kind of another generation you know of of viewers um yeah of viewers there's another generation so for them because the last bad boys movie uh it's been i think about seven years now oh yeah uh, around that so wait a little bit more probably than that i want to say that was like 2003 four maybe ish yeah it was around that time yeah, so for them to be able to come together, come back out with a with a, a trilogy, a third one, and crush the box office, crush the theaters, crush it like that, man, that just speaks volumes to those two characters, man, to those two individuals, man. I mean, we were talking about '90s, man, and and just thinking about, man, every night I watch Martin, man, because it comes yeah. on BET every night, bro, and then it, Fresh it Prince does. comes on like early in the morning. In the morning, I, yeah, yeah. But I that's what I that's what I have on my TV when I'm uh in the bed, man. Martin. Yes. And like okay. those two shows, bro, are just so iconic, man. And just the shoes that that's that those two individuals, uh Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, walking, man. It's just mm. amazing that they can come together and, and still crush it, man. Like, mm. like I would love to see it just just on the side note, aside from Bad Boys, man, I would love to see them do a spin-off of of their old sitcoms, man, which I know mm. that they have talked about. I know they've talked about Martin. I think they've talked about Fresh Prince, too. Um, but I know that they've talked about doing a, a, a Martin uh, remake with the cast members, because I know they've kind of been together, well, except for the late uh, Tommy Ford. Yeah. Um, you know. Which, I- man, man, man. That joint, that was a sad thing, man. When he passed, man, That's, it was. It yeah, was. That, it impacted a lot of people with when they found out about his death. Yeah, and um, 
I think they actually said they wouldn't do a reboot just because it wouldn't be the because same without him. Without him. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so it just goes to show. I mean, um, in the case of Fresh Prince, they, they face the same thing. Everybody's still there. Well, yeah, that's right. Like, uh, James, James Avery. Oh, yeah. man, Uncle Phil. Yeah. Wow. I think in that case, what I would be interested in seeing is like Will taking kind of Uncle Phil's spot. Well, he's, he's Will, but you know, he's now he's in that mentor role type that Uncle Phil was in. Yeah, that would be, uh, I think that would be pretty interesting to see. So that's something to uh, definitely tally up and see where they go on that direction of things. Uh, So, hey, ladies and gentlemen, producers, writers, you know, if you're listening, hey, pitch it out there, man. See if the rumor mill can get the spinning and let's see what we can make happen. (laughs) So, all right, Mr. Mr. Lamar, it is my personal favorite segment of the show. This is where you get to cut a two-minute promo. And you (laughs) can cut this on whomever and whatever you may like. I mean, it could be the New York Knicks organization and James Dolan and just how you (laughs) want him to get out of New York. You know what I mean? It could be... Maybe the New York Giants. Maybe you didn't like their coaching hire. Maybe you didn't like the way they treated Eli on his way out for retirement. Or it could be on WWE. It could be on pro wrestling in general. It could be anything that you possibly would love to vent about within these two minutes. I will time you and let you know when time is up, my friend. So... On the count of three, the floor is all yours. And go ahead and cut that two-minute promo, my friend. All right. Here we go. Three, two, one. Let go. It's your boy, Otez the Don here, coming to you because I'm Otez the Don. I'm the man in charge of everything. And I'm trying to figure out why my world is so crazy. What in the world is wrong with Vince McMahon and this Lana, Bobby, uh, uh, Rusev, and Liv Morgan feud? I am so sick and tired of seeing what he's doing with that. Nobody cares about Lana messing with Bobby Lashley. We all know at the end of the day, Lana and Rusev are still together. Can we just get over it? And you see, he Vince thought it was going to be even better because he brought in Liv Morgan. They did a whole repackage on Liv Morgan. A whole repackage on her. Made us think that she was going to be part of the Firefly Funhouse. But no, she turned out to be somebody else. Somebody of a different, that made a different lifestyle choice. But hey, I won't go there. You know, the other thing that really, really, really bothers me is whenever they have Hispanic fighters fighting each other. Now, I love the art. I love the things that they do, but why does it always have to be about Mexican pride? Why can't they just fight each other because one has more muscles than the other? Why can't they just fight each other because one does better flips than the other? Why does it always have to be about one checking the other one about them being more Mexican or more lucha than the other one? Can we just get a, a, a better idea from creative on that. I'm also tired of stupid, stupid gimmicks. I mean, what in the world is Shorty G? 
Why can't he be Chad Gable? Chad Gable was like an Olympian. He was he, he he's the one that should have been Kurt Angle's son. Forget about Jason uh, uh, Jordan, whatever his name was. It should have been Chad Gable. He was an Olympian. He was a wonderful wrestler. He was a technician. But now because King Corbin made fun of him, we have resorted him to Shorty G. Yes, he's short. Yes, he has a big head. But Shorty G, that is a terrible. Terrible, terrible name. Why on earth would we call him Shorty G? He once was wearing a uh, beautiful uh, Olympian wrestling uh, attire, but now he's wearing basketball shorts. He even had a headband on at one point with a big G. He looks like Lord Farquaad. Why are we calling this man Shorty G? You talk about Lucha House Party. That's a terrible, terrible, terrible stable. I love stables, but that's terrible. And why do we have to see the same matches over and over and over and over again with the same finishes? I mean, this is just terrible. The other thing I do have a problem with is as much as I love AEW, why are they putting on a second show? They're fairly knew they do not need a second show. All they and need is the one time. Time. <laughs> that is all she wrote, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, that right there was a very passionate promo. Like, I, I don't even know how. I can't stop laughing off of all facts that were spit within this <laughs> Unfortunately, we are out of time. This has been an amazing show. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to thank you for my guest and taking the time to listen. My guest, Lamar, please tell them where they can find you and how they can follow you and keep up with you and even talk some wrestling with you, my friend. Oh, yeah. Well, first off, I want to say happy birthday to Derek once again. Happy birthday, man. And uh, you can find me on my, I have many Instagram pages. Like my, my main Instagram is uh, I am, I A-M underscore Otez, O-T-E-Z. Um, you can find me there. Um, I also have apparel, like uh, sports apparel things. I have hoodies that's up. You can find all that stuff there. I am underscore O-T-E-Z. Or you can find me on Facebook, Lamar Taylor. That's my real name. You can find me on Facebook there. All right. Yes, sir. Speak, believe, achieve brand. Yes. Y'all definitely be sure to go follow that. Join the movement. It is an Awesome clothing line, awesome lines, awesome. Uh, they, he does a lot of different things for each time of year and season. For example, when it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, you can get like pink hoodies, pink T-shirts, everything yeah. that are like literally related to the cause. And even some of the proceeds go towards the Susan B. Coleman Foundation. So yes, yes, they're doing do. a dual mm -hmm. service with stuff like that. So you know, uh, when it's Fourth of July, you got. American-themed apparel. I mean, he's got something for a little bit of every single seasonal occasion. Be sure to follow my man here. Check out his content. And, uh, yeah, man, we'll definitely be sure we have him back on the show. I don't oh, know yeah, about man. you guys, but I definitely enjoyed my man on the show tonight. And oh, yeah, man. This was definitely fun. So um, Yes, it was. As always with your boy, you can follow me at Life's a Botch Podcast, that's right, on IG. Make sure, ladies and gentlemen, you are on Facebook. Follow us uh, at Life's a Botch Podcast. Make sure you like the page. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. 
and uh, also join our Life's a Botch Facebook group. You know, we, we like to hash out and talk about how terrible Raw or SmackDown was. <laughs> How terrible it was to see dog food poured on a man, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So be sure to join all of that fun stuff. And uh, to those of you who want to continue to know about my music side, just follow me at Highlight Life, H-I-L-I-T-E Life. Make sure you're also following, of course, the mecca of what makes Life of Botch podcast what it is. OTS, guys, make sure you follow that as well. And as always, thank you guys so, so much. Until the next time, peace!